It's Tennessee Titans talk, and it's been a fun, long summer, but we're ready to talk about our Titans, and we've been doing it all summer, but we're ready to have a podcast because guess what? They put on the pads last Thursday for the first time, and we're going to get to some very real football very soon. Big fellow's with me. Landon's with me. It's been a while since the NFL draft, but we, you guys know that we we can't really deal a whole lot with the non-news news, so we, we take a break in the summer, but we are thrilled to be back. Big fella. Cannot wait. It's been the fastest offseason of my life, which I am so very thankful for. I mean, we're like three and a half weeks away from the Titans playing, which feels really weird because usually the offseason is like a month is a million years, and every day just drags on. But this this year just flew by as like the draft happened. Rookie camp feels like forever ago when everyone was was terrified of Traylon Burks not being able to run 10 yards. <laughs> and now we're playing preseason. Yeah, it did go by pretty quick, although I'm not going to lie. May May felt pretty long to me, but, I'm man, I'm ready. So, guys, uh, Thursday's game was important. I know preseason's hard for some of our fans to get excited about, but the Malik Willis thing and, of course, us having uh, an extra rookie uh, because of the big A.J. Brown trade, it seemed like uh, there was more interest uh, than usual. We knew we were going to see Burks. We knew we were going to see Willis. Uh, Let's start with Willis. So, what did you think of his performance on Thursday, Landon? It was pretty much what I expected. I mean, he had several throws over the middle that he just didn't throw. He even looked like he was staring them down several times, but he just wouldn't pull the trigger. Again, that was probably my biggest concern with him coming out of the college, especially his last year, is he just didn't throw over the middle. And if he did, he was really bad. And that's an issue because at least with how our offense is currently constructed, so much of it is off-play action, hitting those deep crossers to Burks and Woods in the past, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. Daniel Hill does that. He'll see that tight window. He'll let it rip. Willis needs to learn to do that. Is he a fun athlete to watch? Does he have a big arm? Yes, but mechanically, he was really, really inconsistent, and there's a reason Vrabel yanked him after he had like a 20-yard run. Instead of trying to fix his issues, he kept defaulting back to what worked in college, and that's not what they need right now in preseason. They're trying to make him better, not keep him the same. Yeah, and I like that approach from the coaching staff. Uh, in the first couple of series, I thought, I, I don't I don't see it with this guy making the progressions and really having kind of the, the accuracy to make all the throws. I went from being pretty worried to, obviously, the guy has a cannon of an arm. He's not a super tall guy. You worry about that. But the, he did get in a rhythm, even on kind of the middle passes towards the end. I think his confidence, as Landon well said there, is going to take a while. The thing that jumped out at me is the guy absolutely has eyes in the back of his head. I think he's going to be hard to get uh, like a direct hit on, or I don't think he'll take a ton of sacks per se. And if they can use that for him to buy more time to throw down the field, he is a project. But you see, at least we do, John, you see the elements that if the right people are co- coaching him, he seems to have a good attitude, seems to have a good football IQ, you could see where he could really be you know, a good quarterback in this league, potentially. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's got all the tools. I mean, he's raw, and that's the reason why he dropped to the third round. I mean, there were speculations that he was going to be a first-round draft pick, and honestly, for him, I'm glad that wasn't the case because this guy cannot be pressed into starting duty. Even if Tannehill were to get hurt, I would feel very terrified about our our chances going forward, at least this season. Number one, he's an athlete, for sure. That touchdown run, man. It, that's something, yeah. I mean, Tanner Wheels can do that, but 
the way Malik did it, like you said, eyes, eyes in the back of his head, he can he can sense some pressure and make something out of nothing. So I was really happy to see that. And that bomb to McMath, man, yeah, that's a thing fun. of beauty. And we haven't seen that kind of stuff in a while. I mean, Tannehill, every once in a while, he'll chuck it up. He chucked it up to A.J. Brown. But I feel like Malik Willis, if once he gets his legs under him and, and gets some confidence, I feel like he can chuck that ball. And Nathan, like you and I talked about last week, your first start as a rookie in Baltimore, preseason or not, Baltimore is an intimidating place to play at. So he, you know, <laughs> kind of trial by fire right there. And, you know, he went from not taking reps with ones to starting in a preseason game in Baltimore. That's tough. Um, I think he's going to have a much better showing this week, having, you know, gotten some of those jitters out and kind of gotten some critique and some actual game film to break down for him. So I, I expect some good things from him. What's so interesting about, you mentioned Baltimore, about a month ago I was driving back from Philadelphia to Nashville with some friends, and it was like a beautiful Sunday afternoon, and we're coming back through. We, we went right through downtown Baltimore, and I think it's so interesting how sports and culture can kind of inform you about places, and it's not necessarily reality. Uh, what I really know about the city of Baltimore is watching the television show The Wire and all of us <laughs> hating the Baltimore Ravens for like a very long time. So it was like weird in a way to drive past and see this pretty downtown and this pretty stadium. And I just like in my mind expected it to be like this dumpster fire, like this just like um, um, Mad Max, like burning city. Oh. As but much it's as not. I hate the <laughs> it's yeah. just so interesting uh, how you know we have this perception, but it's all kind of made up. Like Baltimore is not exactly Mayberry, but still, I mean, it, everything looks pretty in the summer, and it was just so funny because I expected it to be what what it really isn't. <laughs> but that's the way we all think of Baltimore, and so to your point, it, it is intimidating. Uh, even in the preseason, because it's it's Baltimore, and we're we're the Titans. Uh, Landon, what what's your biggest kind of theme? As we kind of get towards the end of training camp and, of course, our second preseason game on Saturday, what are you looking for most? Like, what's the biggest thing? What's keeping you maybe from just being all in again? Like, uh, we're being dismissed by the national media, of course. The Colts are being picked a lot, of course. Uh, But for you, what has to come together? What's your biggest concern? Last week, I was distracted and focused on Willis's debut, which was super exciting. But this week, I'm definitely going to pay attention to the right tackle job. Mm-hmm. I heard Radden's played fine with the starters, quote-unquote. Then Petit Freer played a bunch, and he was all right. But that job hasn't been won yet. It looks like Aaron Brewer's going to win the left guard job, but he didn't look that good, I thought, and he hasn't been that good historically. So the offensive line is Luan and Ben Jones are above average. Nate Davis is right on the right side of average. And then right tackle and left guard are very gaping chasms that can sink this offense, especially the right tackle, because Nate Davis next to them is not going to be the same kind of help as Ben Jones and Lawan for whoever plays left guard. Big fella, what about for you? What's the biggest concern? Yeah, no, I think offensive line is a really good spot to watch. I'm kind of, uh, you know, I didn't get to see as much of the game as I wanted to because I was traveling, but um, I do want to see how Raiden's kind of balances out, and I think that right tackle battle is going to be difficult petit freer he played pretty well uh from what i saw um so, yeah, so it's not it's not a given um i do kind of want to see jamarco jones at guard i want to see more of him um and kind of see if he can win that left guard spot because i mean aaron brewer we've seen him before and 
he's okay. I just, you know, I, I, I don't feel confident about that. And especially, you know, having played offensive line before, the general thought is, oh, well, we've got an all-pro left tackle in Taylor Lewan. He should be able to help out with an average left guard. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, being between Ben Jones and, and Taylor Lewan, they need somebody who can, you know, fit the bill. Not just somebody who can be average. They need the somebody to be better really than average. Yeah. And, and I hope they're right. And uh, I hope they're right. Yeah, I hope they're right. And I, I just, you know, I'm not confident about it. I mean, Saffold was there and last year and the year before, a couple, what, three years. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, that was outside of his every game injury. That wasn't something right. we had to think about um, because he, he was did play at a high level when he was out there. He, he did very much so. And um, I just get a little nervous about that. I think that's a spot I, I'm curious to see um, how our tight ends settle in because I don't think we mm-hmm. saw any of Austin Hooper and there no, wasn't a whole not. lot of uh, Chigakonkwo. So I do want to see that too. Ed Receiver, that's my biggest concern. You guys laid out the offensive mm-hmm. line very well. I think your coaching staff was making some pretty big bets on some unknowns and, 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 and a bet for health. Uh, at Receiver, I just think of last year when um, A.J. Brown wasn't healthy or wasn't 100%. He was our only game breaker when Henry was out, and our offense was really predictable and really containable. Um, so who's the X factor this year? I worry about that because I think there's some reliable guys, but who is really going to kind of step out and keep us from being very kind of um, containable and mediocre? Because mm-hmm. once we do that, I think we're uh, really easy um, to beat, uh, on that side of the ball anyway. So I worry, like, you know, Burks looks to be in better shape and coming along. I, I don't know. I think I see him as maybe a more aggressive, more versatile Corey Davis than I do the next A.J. Brown. I mean, he could be very good, but it's so weird to just assume somebody could be that explosive. So I'm not going to do that until I see it, Yeah. Uh, although he has potential. And then um, we talk about, um, you know, Robert Trees or whatever his awesome nickname is, uh, Robert Woods. Bobby, Bobby Trees. Bobby Trees. That is a great nickname. <laughs> it's incredible. Talk about Robert Woods is like his ability to stay on the field, and I think he's reliable. But then I don't think of him as some big-time game-breaker. Do you guys share that anxiety a little bit that we can be predictable on the outside end, that A.J. Brown, beyond being, you know, what he was, he was a threat? Yeah. I mean, A.J. Browns don't grow on trees. I mean – so it's going to be a tough thing to replace. I think you, and Lane, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think you made a good point about Robert Woods or Bobby Trees. Like, the guy's been around for a long time, and I feel like I only notice him when I'm on FanDuel, and I'm like, man, I, I had a terrible lineup, and somebody randomly put Robert Woods in there for $4,000, and he got you know, 19 fantasy points. I'm like, what in the heck? Um, and then I'll go ahead and pick him the following week when his price is inflated and he'll give me nine points. I'm like, Oh, great. Thanks. Um, but the guy's been steady and outside of that injury last year, I think he would have been pretty decent. Yes. Steady and pretty much the best run blocking receiver in the game, which is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. And Nathan, to your question, this offense definitely, even if you're high on Berg's, very, very lacking in explosiveness. Hooper is not that. Woods is more of an intermediate guy. He was like that even before he tore his ACL. Kyle Phillips is slot only. He's small. He's not down the field. Burks can certainly be that, but he's more just dominating size and length versus AJ Brown's ability just to stretch and break defenses. I would like to hope and pray that Racy McMath 
can step into an increased role as just a field stretcher where he's on the field, he's running deep, but at the same time, I mean, maybe he progresses in year two, but there's a reason he was a sixth-round pick, even though he's like 6'4", 220, and runs a 4'3", He's a really good athlete that doesn't know how to play receiver. And maybe that big catch was something against the Ravens' backups. But until I see it, I mean, McMath is really the only juice we have because Burks will definitely be our most dangerous playmaker on the outside. But I wouldn't necessarily call him explosive, more so than just overwhelming. Because of the success... Um our front office and our coaching staff has in developing the defensive side of the ball. Tannehill and Derrick Henry have really helped kind of keep it balanced. But I worry uh, this may be the year that we see, because when you look at, at our playoff game against the Bengals, the defense was absolutely ready and got after him and everything came together. And uh, when you look at how many good defensive players at all positions we've developed from all rounds. And it looks like Caleb Farley is going to, we'll see how good he's going to be, but it looks like he's ready to contribute for sure. Mm-hmm. And even if you look at like uh, Rashad Weaver, it just looks like he put on 20 pounds of muscle and he's ready to go. And you just go down the line to a point where it really doesn't surprise us anymore. But th- wouldn't you guys agree it's a contrast, like a different front office and maybe it, we don't know, like a district coaching staff, like the ability to develop keep these guys on the field, and find guys for the right scheme. I feel good about our defense, which made really good strides last year. I think they'll continue to be uh, a really good analytical darling, a good consistent week-to-week. That was a problem, but what used to be a weakness I think is a strength um, if we can avoid injury in our defensive backfield. I say all that to say is, is this a complete team? Do you worry a lot more about the offense and the defense? Because I do. We'll start with you, Landon. I don't think this is a complete team in the slightest because you look at the offense, you're projecting outside of Robert Woods, you're projecting two receivers and two offensive linemen from complete unknowns to contributors. And that is, especially the offensive line, that is just such a question mark, especially for a team that doesn't have a superstar quarterback, that has a running back that is not a weapon in the passing game like McCaffrey, for instance. The defense is certainly championship caliber. With Rabel's coaching, Jim Schwartz as a analyst or whatever his title is. I mean, we saw they're clicking. The talent is there. I mean, Chris Jackson got hurt. But another injuries, Chance Campbell, who they drafted in the sixth round, looks like he's going to be that third linebacker while Monty mm-hmm. Rice gets healthy. And the reports on him are that the reports on Chance Campbell are he can play for a sixth rounder. And he had a great practice year, this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's why I brought him up. And then we saw last yep. year we can take practice squad cornerbacks and make them serviceable. So the defense is there, but the offense just has so many question marks. And it feels like a return to trademark Titans football where with a great dominating defense, an offense being kept afloat by a running game, and a tough-as-nails quarterback with very, very limited passing output for this for this era of the NFL, and a lot of gritty, ugly wins that don't, garner any favors from the national media i agree i think our defense is going to be nasty and i was actually just reading an article this morning talking about how we have the joint practices with the bucks and how tom brady isn't going to be there this this year because he's uh i don't know whatever he's doing getting his, he's dealing with a personal issue i think yeah, they which, just made an agreement for him to come back that he was going to get this time off I, I don't think there's anything specific i just think they're not going to come out and say that i, I just don't yeah. think he's 
he's going to be in the middle end of training camp. And I don't think anything came up. I think that was an unsaid agreement when he oh, unretired. Is like, I'm not going to do the whole camp. I When I'm going to get ready, and then I'm going to leave and come back. He wants to see his kids off to school. He wants to get a Manny Petty, oh, the whole nine. I mean, he's he's doing all of it. So, But anyway, he's not going to be at our, at our joint practices this week. But they referenced bat, that Tom Brady knew our defense was going to turn that corner last year from our joint practices because of how we practiced mm-hmm. during that week. And there were interviews from uh, Caleb Farley and Elijah Molden and how they both realized how trash they were during those joint practices and how... Um, you know, how much they've grown since that practice. And, you know, somebody talking about their own growth is always something, you, you know, you take it with a grain of salt. But right. we've seen these guys develop. We've heard the noise. We've, you know, we've seen some some solid progression from them. So I think an area, like you said, uh, that we were a liability at early on last year is going to be a strength. And then you throw Roger McCreary in the mix. I think we're good on defense. I do I worry too. a little bit about outside linebacker um, because after Bud Dupree and Harold Landry, you know, we're, we're counting on Rashad Weaver, which yeah, I, I'm I on the, that's a decent three to head. It, head it is. Right? And I'm, I'm on the Weaver train. Um, but you know, outside of that depth could be an issue. I feel like we are not a complete team because our offense is shaky. And I hope that we prove I hope everybody proves me, proves us wrong. Um, but there are just too many holes. I mean, Offensive line depth is an issue. Wide receiver depth is an issue. And I'm sitting here looking at it, and Nick Westbrook-Akina is slotted in as wide receiver one. I mean, that's got to be a problem, right? Could certainly be a team in the midseason where we look like we did last year at points when we were decimated by injury at receiver to where the offense comes out there and you're just biting your nails, hoping they don't have some catastrophic player. You're wondering how you're possibly going to win on offense because – you can't pass, and you can't just run your way to victory. And at times last year, I was happy that our offense was off the field and our defense was on it because I'm really confident in our defense. But at the yeah. same time, unless your defense is historically great or your quarterback gets on a historically hot streak in the playoffs, you can't win like that. Let me ask you guys this, and I'm sure all the speculation's been there, so I'm just going to play a devil's advocate here. If things don't turn out really well in the passing game for the first couple weeks, do you think we are a suitor for OBJ? I'm not his biggest fan, but he played like hell on wheels for the Rams when he was healthy last year in that playoff run, and even in the Super Bowl. Or was he hurt? Was it the Super yeah, he Bowl? He got hurt in the Super Bowl. I don't see yeah. him as a game breaker, especially with his injuries. I don't. I don't see him as curing what we would need in that scenario. But Lane, I do don't. But it, yeah, I don't either. But he could be a true wide receiver one and take pressure off the other guys. And again, I'm not the biggest OBJ fan, but we've got some money to spend, which is different than other years. So, and even if it is an OBJ, is it somebody else? I mean, do you think we add a bona fide wide receiver one or two? No, we don't. Even with the most generous projection of Burks. Now, I his first preseason game wasn't great, but he had, was open a lot, and Willis just wouldn't throw to him. But, I mean, unless mm. Willis is one of these breakout stars, like absolute capital S stars, year one, we're not going to be that good. I, would, I wouldn't mind OBJ for sure. He's the best receiver on the market that we could acquire. 
but he got injured in February, so he's not going to be ready to play till back half the season at the earliest. So, like you said, even if our passing game is bad early on, we're still going to suffer five, six games at the minimum until he's even able to play. I mean, I would like him, but he he wouldn't solve any problems. He would, if there's if Burks is good and Woods is good, and we're just missing that one more piece because Phillips is too limited, then yeah, I'm cool with mm-hmm. OBJ. But he is not. He can't fix holes anymore. I think the plan of our coaching staff in front office is in, they've locked themselves into this because there's not too many other scenarios. Burks could be a breakout star, but I think being a breakout star as a rookie in that position is to be dependable and be out there, right? And, you know, oh, he had a 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Thank goodness for Trailing Burks. That's not – you don't carry that those stats to the Super Bowl. The bet is – Derrick Henry is going to be vintage Derrick Henry. He's going to be yep. rested. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be their game breaker. Like before A.J. Brown really got wills, really got consistent and going, uh, he was our only game breaker and our only hope, right? Like literally dragging people down the field. <laughs> um, the hope is he covers up the offensive line and he covers up the limitations. Even if they they do produce, it's going to be a limited from an explosive standpoint Our receiving and tight end group. That's the bet, and him and then Ryan Tannehill can make magic happen at the end of games like he did uh, for the last couple of seasons. That's the bet, and that the defense takes that next level to be like a top-five defense. That is the best possible scenario of what could possibly happen is Henry rushes for 1,500-plus yards. Everybody chips in. They're tough as nails. The receivers block great. Everybody kind of uh, brewers as good as they think he can be. Raddins takes another step. Um, and that they're an average or above average offensive line and certainly above average running downhill with Henry and that the defense just really, really goes to another notch. That's the plan. Am I wrong? No. No, you're not wrong. This is, like I said, this is vintage Titans. Great defense, spam the run game, just pray to God that the passing game does enough and win every game 20 to 17 if you have to. Mm-hmm. Big fellow, there's 50 ways how that plan can go wrong, but that's the one way it could go way right. Am I wrong? No, I think you're spot on. I mean, because we need Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, <laughs> pretty much since after his rookie year, he has been the identity of this team. And even last year, you know, he ran for 900 yards in nine games. Or, and even when he was injured, he was the talking point of, of the team. And yeah, A.J. Brown was second fiddle for sure. But it's always the Derrick Henry show. And we need to get back to that. And that needs to be our bread and butter. We need to be punching guys in the face and dragging them down the field, breaking off long touchdown runs and minimizing, you know, like you like you mentioned, minimizing our, our holes and kind of covering those up. So I... I that's how we have to win. There are nobody, a lot of questions. Yeah. Nobody's going to get – nobody is going to – nobody can punch another team in the mouth like we can. Right. On our best day. I, I think there are holes in questions. I still consider us, objectively, um, the favorites to win this division. Not a super strong division. The Colts just, <laughs> I don't, for whatever reason, just catch a lot of love. Yeah. I don't see it. Um, I think they could be better with Matt Ryan. I don't really like where that team is heading. They have some talent. 
Um, I don't like that we've won the last two, even when we had our best player out, but yet the presumptive favorite are the dummies in Indianapolis. I don't like that. I, In a way, I do because I think the chip is firmly on the shoulder. Every team has questions. They have Matt Ryan, for goodness sake, coming out there. That's a big question. I do expect Tannehill to play better. I think we obviously saw, first and foremost, his limitations and the limitations of our play caller, for sure, last year. But I expect him to play to play tough and play well at the end of games. And uh, I think Derrick Henry, a uh, fully-fledged healthy, I do expect him to be healthy. I don't think we'll see that downturn this season. But playing at that level is difficult, and it can't be assumed. But I think that... I think we're the favorite for the AFC South, and that's how we'll end up. I want to get your take as we are right now. I know we have concerns, but in your heart of hearts, what what are your expectations heading into the season? We'll start with Landon. I think the main thing to point out is that once again we play the Colts both times very early on. I believe the second game is Week 7, and right now Shaquille Leonard, formerly going by Darius Leonard, the Colts all-pro linebacker, he's projected to miss at least the start of the season. He had off-season surgery. It looks like he's going to miss some time. If he misses one or both games and we steal these games like we did last time, that gives us an easy, a very easy inside track to the division, even putting aside the fact that the Colts are probably going to lose other games too without their best defensive player. Their secondary is solid. I'll, Stephon Gilmore, if he's healthy, can make them really good. But I have a lot of questions about their pass rush. Their left tackle situation, they they had Eric Fisher, who came back and was all right. And they're just turning to a bunch of unknowns. Their receivers, it's Michael Pittman and a bunch of nobodies. To me, they're a similar team in that eh, quarterback with very obvious limitations. Great running back. One established receiver a very solid defense. The question is right now, we I like our receiving our receiving options upside much more because Burks is just an unknown right now. And I trust in our defense a whole lot more to take a step forward. Whereas the Colts I think will take a step back because last year they were really good but they were also first and fourth turnovers. We were like tenth. That's not a sticky stat. We could definitely take a jump up, especially because we're getting Weaver back. We're getting Bud Dupree two years removed from his ACL. We're getting McCreary back into the... We're getting McCreary into the cornerback room. We're getting Farley back. We're getting Monty Rice back. We're This is a defense that's only getting better, and the Colts have just stayed stagnant and their best player is hurt. The Colts... I mean, obviously, when you look at our division, I clearly think that the Houston Texans are going to take it, without a doubt, probably by six games. <laughs> Losers. Um... No, but the Colts, yeah, Lane, you kind of hit it on the head. Their defense is good, and I feel like their defense got a lot better in the offseason. They've got DeForest Buckner, and that dude, I mean, he's good. And they got Quiddy Pay. He's going to develop into a really good player. Stephon Gilmore. They've they've got Shaquille Leonard. Um, they've got a lot of a lot of dudes on defense, and they're they're going to always play tough, but. Like you said, they don't have a whole lot on offense. They've got Jonathan Taylor, and, you know, that's worth something. He's not Derrick Henry, but, um, you know, he has a, a a very physical style of play, and he can break one off at any time. But Matt Ryan, what do you really have? And then your receivers. Well, it's true. I mean, you know, uh, Paris Campbell scare me? No, not really. Michael Pittman, he's a big They're also bringing everybody dude. back. 
except yeah. for their quarterback that blew it in Week 18 in <laughs> Jacksonville. True. When all they had to do was right. win and go to the playoff. So this is your presumptive favorite over a back-to-back division winner. It's insulting. But it's how it always is in Tennessee. They get no respect in the national media, so I guess maybe it's a good thing because we've used that before. But uh, Indianapolis does not scare me one bit. Mm-hmm. Talent, they do have talent. You can list the talent. That that They had all those guys last year, and they let Jacksonville keep them out of the playoffs. They, they, they seriously blamed Carson Wentz for that. Maybe he has <laughs> some culpability. But he's the only he one that got jettisoned, so we'll see. He did have some culpability. I mean, he played. He most certainly, but he wasn't the only guy there. He wasn't the only guy out there that mailed it in. Absolutely mailed it in a week eighteen. So I'm glad they're in a division. I don't like Indianapolis. I don't like that team. I respect some of the talent, but they absolutely sleepwalked through week (laughs) eighteen, and we didn't sleepwalk when we the chips were seriously down. Our best player was on the shelf for eight weeks. So Mm -hmm. uh, bring it, whatever. <laughs> I know it could fall apart for us. People say, oh, I, I get so tired on the national media. Oh, who, this is our pick to, to really take a step back. Well, why don't we just take that step back before people predict it? Because I, last time I checked, we've we've been 500 or better for years, and we've won the last two divisions. So I get projections and all that, but why don't we get the benefit of the doubt? Yeah, I think the only thing that could, I mean, for that, in, so when I look at the Colts, my plan is to always sweep them i think the only thing that can get our in our way of sweeping the colts is ourselves and the schedule because obviously i think week one i think we can all agree that that should be a win against the giants but then we go to buffalo on monday night and then we're back home for the raiders those are two tough games and then we go to indy so i just hope we don't get fatigued and you know playing our best ball in the in week two and three and kind of mail it in on uh, in week four at, at Indy, um, but then we have the Commanders a bye, and then back home for the Colts week seven. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think there's a potential for us to get jet lag, not jet lagged, um, but just yeah, that's a that's know, a tough first month, and, and yeah. going up to Indy is never easy. It just isn't for this team. Mm-hmm. It, it's a narrative for for the beginning for sure because you have to. It is going to go through Indianapolis. Like it for them, it's going to go through Nashville. So absolutely, winning that game uh, on the road is going to put either one of those teams on the fast track. And I'm glad we we play them uh, both in kind of the first half of the season because uh, I don't know I I'd rather get it done and kind of see where we are. Yeah, uh, guys, this is all we have time for today. Uh, good to be back with all of you. Very excited for the upcoming Titan season. Uh, like us, uh, give us a good review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to us, Amazon Music. Ask Alexa or Siri to, to play Tennessee Titans Talk, and we'd just be really happy to be back with you soon. Until then, tighten up. Tighten, tighten up. up.